Expert insight, clear analysis, strategy in action. Welcome to the CEO to CEO podcast, featuring the world's top CEOs. The podcast will welcome honest conversations meant to challenge traditional ways of thinking from fellow global industry leaders. This podcast will also explore the intricate world of M&A from an insider's perspective. M&A is a big deal, one in which you can drive the future of your business, your industry, and even the trajectory of the marketplace. This podcast is hosted by Kevin Campbell, CEO of Synity. Synity is a global enterprise data solution provider specializing in data operations and data transformation. Kevin is a global champion in data and has served as the former Group Chief Executive Officer at Accenture and COO of Oscar Insurance Corporation. Today, Kevin is joined by Ryan Rodenberg, founder and CEO of DMR. Ryan has dedicated his career for the past decade to the single pursuit of assembling the best talent in data migration, quality, and governance. Ryan has worked in SAP talent management for the past 20 years. He established DMR's talent first culture and actively focused on the recruitment of the best and brightest in the SAP data management industry. With a strong focus on delivering specialized services to meet the client's specific data challenges, DMR paves the way with true partnership and engagement from start to finish. Synity and DMR recently merged and are taking a bold step forward to address the need for end-to-end enterprise data management. Welcome to this week's CEO to CEO podcast. This week, we're fortunate to have on with us uh, Ryan Rodenberg. Ryan is the uh, CEO of DMR, who's recently just announced their merger with uh, Synity. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Kevin. Thank you. Glad to be here. Um, Ryan, why don't you, uh, we'll have a chance to talk about your, your merger coming up, but how about if we start with um, talking a little bit about your, uh, your founding of, uh, of DMR? I founded DMR back in 2012 um, after about 10 years in the SAP ecosystem, largely in staff augmentation. Um, really started my career with uh, another startup venture where we were solely focused on uh, technology staffing and, and a, a bit of luck, Kevin. We, we found ourselves square in the, in the SAP ecosystem with a couple of foundational customers. And um, as we navigated that, we began to support large um, ECC implementations of, of SAP. We, we clearly identified that data was a common theme and a common challenge for a number of our customers. And really, you know, as we began to realize the, the common challenge of staff all, we, we set our sights on building something of, of more substance and, and more power and, and, and um, long-term value and, and really wanted to build a, a practice dedicated to, to data management. And so, you know, about uh, 2012, I believe, we um, kind of sat down and architected and designed what we thought would be the, you know, the, the keys to success for building a practice that really was designed around the best people and, and building methodology and IP to support those folks and, and really solving the data challenge in that SAP ecosystem. I point to you as, a, as an example of a lifelong entrepreneur. Uh, so maybe you, you'd tell us a little bit about, you know, when you thought about the uh, opportunity, how'd you evaluate the risks, which are probably many all the time, versus the opportunity and decided that uh, this was something you guys wanted to focus on. You're right. I've been, you know, essentially 
um, an entrepreneur my entire career. And, you know, you learn a lot of hard lessons along the way, Kevin, and, and um, learn how to evaluate risk, I think, appropriately. And my, my, my approach to how I've built all my businesses has always been bootstrapping. We've never gone and, and raised capital. We've never taken outside investment. And, and so, you know, in a way that minimizes risk and pressure a little bit, but at the same time, it, it challenges you to scale and all the things that are um, prerequisite to scale and, and um, you know, the typical challenges of essentially being in startup mode over an elongated period of time. Um, for, for us, I think, you know, the, the DMR story was an easy one because data was such a critical path item, right? Everywhere we looked and we had really built essentially a mini competency inside of our staffing business by virtue of the necessity and demand created within our existing customer base. It was clear to me that, you know, there was an opportunity to accelerate that and really provide a, a much broader value to our customer if we could bring more than talent, right? If we could aggregate um, a group of talent and take them from program to program and then build upon that with, you know, a methodology and a playbook and IP, which we which we slowly built over the years and really continued to, to design around, you know, putting talent first, people first and relationships first, and then filling in the gaps in terms of um, maturing the overall model. You talked about the people first and, and I, one of the questions I wanted to ask, and I like to ask all entrepreneurs is kind of, what are your principles or the things that have guided you along the way uh, in making decisions? There's one kind of paramount to all others for me, and that is is people, right? And, and I say people broadly, um, you know, it starts with our, our employees, right? And making sure that we value and treat our employees um, at, at the highest possible level, right? They're paramount to everything we do. We, we, we fundamentally understand the notion that we, we're, you know, while we have software and we have um, a, a strong playbook, it takes the right people to execute those things. And without, you know, really valuing people as our primary asset, we, we really don't have much. And, and so that's a core tenant. And, and, you know, that extends beyond our employees, right? I think, you know, you take people and you really identify that as relationships. And, and for me, those relationships really drive our success. And whether it's the relationship with the customer, relationship with our employees, relationship with our partners and vendors, um, all of those really matter. And, and I think foundationally become um, part of a culture of trust, right? And building trust with your own internal folks, building trust with your partners, your suppliers, and building trust with your customers that you're going to deliver upon your promises. Along the way, did you ever have those moments of like, should we take this new customer on? Is this too big for us? Is it too risky for us? You know, how did you make some of those decisions? Uh, every day, <laughs> every every day, right? I mean, there's always um, there's always the challenge in my mind of scale and the impact of scale on the quality. And so we were first and foremost we we were focused on not diluting quality, right? And so there definitely were moments where we questioned whether a new client or X amount of new headcount or um, you know, building our offshore capability or looking at an acquisition, all of those things become really, um, you know, paramount to how you evaluate quality and whether or not you improve or dilute quality. Um, and of course, you're anticipating that, right? You can't predict the future entirely. So each one of those is a bit of a, of a decision tree in terms of how you calculate risk versus uh, reward. Um, you know, I, I, I'm happy to say that we never found ourselves in a position that I have to say no to new business. 
right? We never really um, took a step back and said, you know, we're, we're going to have to just step aside from this one. It's too big or we're not prepared to scale. We were, we were fortunate that we, I think we paced ourselves pretty carefully in terms of how we went to market. Um, and we didn't find ourselves in too many situations where those questions were really, really difficult ones to answer. You did as far as, uh, as growth. I mean, you mostly grew organically, right? Largely organically over the years. Uh, it's a pretty sizable firm, right? From kind of you uh, and, and your original ideas and, and partners to uh, a, a firm that has certainly has global impact and global people uh, today. But you did end up making an acquisition a year and a half ago. Uh, maybe a little bit more um, down in Latin America. So can you tell us a little bit about that acquisition? You're right. Um, we, you know, had grown organically throughout the history of the organization, right? That was really our, our overall approach and hadn't, hadn't seen the opportunity to um, look at, you know, a talk acquisition here or there until we, we really focused on Latin America, right? We saw a big opportunity down there. We see that market as trending just a little bit behind uh, the U.S. And so, um, you know, the S4 market was hitting Latin America. You know, the early adopters were just starting a couple of years ago, whereas that was, you know, three or four years ago in, in the U.S. And, and, you know, we continue to see um, residual demand from our existing North American multinational customer base. And it was demand that we couldn't meet, Kevin. And that was, you know, to your prior point of, you know, having tough questions to answer around um, challenges, that whether or not we could meet them. That was a consistent one that we struggled to meet with existing customers, right? We had to essentially walk away from opportunities um, or, or not pursue opportunities where Latin American present was required or um, a bilingual requirement was there. So it was clearly an opportunity for us to expand. We, um, we found ourselves in partnership with a group down there by the name of DeBark. Um, DeBark has um, clear roots in exactly what both Cindy and DMR did at the time. They were squarely focused on enterprise data management very much centered in the the SAP ecosystem. Some really good relationships with the um, the global SIs down there, as well as SAP themselves. Um, and Omar and Daniel, their leadership team was was really strong with um, really a great core client base and group of talent. So it was a really really great opportunity in my mind to accelerate our growth in Latin America. And unfortunately, those guys saw the same vision that I did. And and um, that was to your point um, about a year and a half ago. And um, obviously, nobody predicted the global pandemic being, you know, the next thing to knock on our door. So, you know, that always is a, is a challenge to, um, to where you see and have predicted the future. But I think we navigated that very well. We had um, very consistent performance, even in Latin America, where they were impacted more so than, than I would argue the United States was. And, and I'm really happy with the results of that so far. And still, quite frankly, kind of think that, that it's largely an untapped market, right? The sky's the limit of what we can do in Latin America. You know what what impact uh, COVID has had on on your business um, overall. So maybe you give me a flashback to a year plus ago and uh, what's happened since then. I mean, good question. I you know I feel like I answer this question a little differently each time um, that I get it, and it's it's just because your know, thought process sort of evolves. I think in terms of the overall impact. I, I will say, and I and I think Cindy probably you know would would argue the same. We were well prepared to deal with a remote workforce. We were largely engaged in that type of behavior and work uh, in the past. We had a system for it. Um, 
we didn't have you know a large group of people supporting travel functions and things like that internally that essentially where job functions disappeared overnight or anything like that so you know other than the the natural reaction of our client base and sort of the the squeezing of capex and the you know, sort of the hesitancy of our large enterprises to move forward with programs that were slated in 2020 and how we had to adapt to that um, i would argue that dmr as a whole did very well comparatively as a result of COVID, right? Clearly we had to we had to adopt new things. We had to get more agile in certain areas. We had to um, respond to new challenges, but I think we met those challenges um, very well. And I would argue that if we look back over the, you know, the impact of the, you know, 18 months of pandemic, I'm, I'm very happy with, with how we responded as an organization. I'm happy with the performance of the company and, and feel like we were very, very fortunate. Yeah, and if I remember, some of our conversations, you know, uh, you didn't have to lay anybody off during that time, which is pretty amazing, um, and actually grew revenue during the period of time. So uh, to, to our other fellow CEOs that we talked to, they always say, you know, that's a home run in anybody's book. Yeah, I mean, super proud of that fact, right? I mean, again, back to uh, people being first and in, in our primary asset anytime you're put in a position of thinking about having to reduce your, your labor force and in our world it's not a good thing and it certainly can be cancerous to an organization and and luckily we never even had to have those conversations Kevin we never even evaluated it in fact we were hiring um, with frequency throughout COVID and so I'm very proud of the fact that, that we didn't have to have a, a layoff we didn't lose a single uh, headcount and uh, to your point grew revenue. How would you describe DMR today, kind of as far as the size, characteristics, clients? We are pushing 200 um, headcount globally. We're primarily, as you know, focused in North America with the, the new presence in Latin America and a good contingency of folks in our, in our GDC that sits in Hyderabad, India. Um, we serve the globe amongst those three regions. We've, we've deployed in uh, 140 countries, I believe, or more. Um, we, we take pride in, in feeling like we've amassed the, the world's best in terms of talent and, and execution at the services level and really have put together a playbook that we're super comfortable with, driven largely, as you know, Kevin, by a North American client base of multinational Fortune 1000s. Um, we, we span most industries, we've got a heavy footprint and we've been retail, but we're certainly very present in oil and gas and life sciences and have a big presence in ag and CPG as well. Um, so I would say we're a diverse organization. We span the globe. Um, we, uh, you know, have, uh, to your prior point, we've, we've grown organically and, and somewhat pragmatically or cautiously, you might call it over the years, but you know, a sizable boutique organization that's laser focused on enterprise data management. And I, I used enterprise data management uh, maybe a little loosely because while if you look at our portfolio, we're largely SAP centric. Um, I, I would say that DMR, you know, does have a little bit of diversity in terms of the portfolio that we deliver and this, the technology that we employ to deliver, right? We, we look at, and, and I've always had the vision, Kevin, of, of being a, a trusted data partner to the enterprise, right? Not just a data migration provider or a data governance or data quality provider, but really a trusted partner that we, we hope our clients look to us anytime they have a data challenge, which as you and I know is daily, right? Um, a lot right. of organizations struggle with data you know, every single day. And um, 
you know, how we essentially define solution spelling and, and being um, agile and um, flexible in terms of offering a, you know, a broad value to our customers, something we've been focused on. So, you know, we step outside of SAP, we've, we've delivered large Salesforce um, programs, workday programs, data strategy programs, built big data lakes for organizations, gotten into unstructured data. We've done single view of the customer for companies like Under Armour and really started to diversify our portfolio and, and hopefully can um, be that more holistic data partner to our global client base. You know, you largely grew the organization organically. You had a good um, acquisition. Obviously, uh, we started conversations between Synity and DMR uh, over a year ago. What made you decide that uh, now might be the time to combine forces versus continue on the uh, organic path? Yeah, I mean, look, that's a big question, and there's a lot of different um, reasons that go into the, you know, essentially arriving at the answer that that I did, and, and spent a lot of time thinking about it, Kevin. But I think if you try to boil that down to, you know, an inflection point or or sort of the triggering uh, element that that got me over the hump was really the leadership and the vision at Synity and the shared vision and and cultural values between the two organizations. I just felt like. Look, we share a lot uh, around who we are as a company, what we do as a company, our vision for the futures of these companies apart. And it was it was clear to me that we were going to bang on each other <clears throat> and beat each other up in the market and continue to struggle and create challenges within our own ecosystem of partners and, and customers and really confuse the market as much as anything else, right? And And... I think dilute each other, right? And in many cases, dilute our, ourselves. And so it, it was pretty clear to me that the combination not only bases the leadership, um, but the vision of the two organizations and the culture of the two organizations would combine to be um, not just a, a, an addition equation, right? But a multiplication equation, right? One that really, I think, is a multiplier in terms of the value that we can provide to our customers and our ability to scale and maintain quality. So at, as an entrepreneur, then how do you go execute the, a transaction for that? You know, how do you, you know, uh, had, you hadn't done one before, right? So, you know, what, what's, the, what's the 101 that you use to uh, learn new things? Well, the first answer, Kevin, is way too many lawyers, right? Um, Amen <laughs> to that. No, you know, look, it's, it's been a learning curve for sure. And, and it's, you know, I'm not going to lie, it's been arduous, right? This is a long journey. It's certainly longer than I would have ever anticipated. A um, lot, of, lot of diligence um, when you take the complexity of, you know, entities and global entities and subsidiaries and dependencies. And, um, you know, there for, you know, in the grand scheme of things, this probably is not a very large transaction, but, but the complexities for the size of the transaction, I think, were were pretty extreme and very nuanced. So, you know, of course you rely on advisors, right? You rely on the advice of counsel, you rely on the advice of, of bankers and um, and you learn a lot along the way, but you know better than anybody, Kevin, there's been a lot of hard work that's gone into this and, and a, lot of, a lot of sleepless nights. Um, and so, you know, we're happy to be uh, across the finish line, as they say, and onto the next chapter, which will present its own challenges, right? But, um, you know, look, we were, I don't know what well, we were in process for almost a year, I would say, right. In terms of diligence and, and transaction related um, 
efforts. So for me, it was it was net new. I didn't go in with a playbook. I didn't go in with a bias. Um, I, I just trusted the folks that I had engaged to to advise. Obviously, uh, you know, worked really well. I think with the sanity team and, and everybody was quite graceful given some of the some of the challenges and hurdles we had to get over. And you know, net net, I think we did um, we did really good work. And I think uh, some of that's that we had a basic belief in the power of the combination, and that kept uh, kept us going. Right. Yeah, I, nobody lost enthusiasm, right? I think we we tested that. We tried to, we tried to get people to, to lose enthusiasm to our to the best of our, our possible abilities. But um, no, I, I think everybody saw the vision from day one. Um, saw the power of the combination. Saw that we both had a lot to learn. As much as we're the you know the same companies doing the same things, boy, we've got a lot to learn from each other too, right? Which is exciting for me, right? We we do things differently. We approach things differently. Um, and, and that presents opportunity to get better, right. And uh, from both angles. And so, um, yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, the power of the combination, the vision of the, com the combination of the organization, the shared history really became a positive in the whole equation and the driver to get this thing, uh, completed. As we wrap up, there's two questions I always like to ask. And so you can combine the answer, which is like, who have you been your mentors along the way? And, uh, what's the best career advice? or uh, entrepreneurial advice you've gotten from any of those mentors? That's a really good question. And I've got a few people that I rely on for advice. Uh, and uh, I started a business with my dad and he was a, a, a driver. He spent his whole career in corporate HR. And, and he's been the one that's been driving behind everything I do, the, the power of people, right? And that, that people, no matter what business you're in, people will always be your most important asset and really hammered that home um, at an early age for me. And, and uh, you know, I don't know, I, I, I wish I could attribute this to somebody uh, and give them due credit for this because it's, this, it's, the, um, it's the best advice and the simple advice that anyone's ever given me. And I try to live, live to it on a daily and that's keep it simple, right? And I really believe in, um, oh, you know, doing our very best to sort to the easiest, simplest outcome and answer and not over engineering. And so um, I've really worked hard to um, embody that uh, throughout my career, right? Keeping, keeping things as simple as possible. Ryan, thanks for being on today. And, uh, and, and thanks for uh, your advice that you have uh, for people. I think it'll be useful for a lot of people to listen to. And again, we're, we're trying to connect with entrepreneurs. So everybody uh, join us uh, next time on CEO to CEO where we'll talk to another entrepreneur or CEO about their journey and how they got their company to where they are and how they got to where they are. Because in the end, these are all stories about people. Thank you for joining the CEO to CEO podcast. Join us next time as we uncover data strategies to support mergers, acquisitions, divestitures with the world's top CEOs.